0: Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! We're talking shirt! The shirt show! We're talking shirt! The shirt show! We're talking All right, episode 21 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Eric from
1: Wingfoot Screen Printing in Buffalo. Let's
0: go! Shirt
1: Show! Oh, we got Buffalo? Is that one?
0: The Bills. I don't <laughs> nice. have any of the sweet leaf stuff or what, what oh, pure, pure leaf. leaf. Come on. Yeah. What's I'm going to crush your hopes at getting a, uh, a sponsor.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's quite literally probably the best, um, background we've ever seen.
0: I'll take it. We spent a lot of time when we weren't making any money doing shirts during COVID redoing our shop. So is that how long, how long did it take? Um, I mean, I, the month of April, I probably invoiced like three invoices. So basically all of April, we were just kind of working on the shop. But, uh, Did you move, did you move or do you just renovated everything? We just renovated. We actually, the space behind me, we, that wasn't our space. That was actually our neighbor. So in, um,
2: December we blew open the wall. What is it with printers having to like take over their neighbor's space to put a Cobra in?
0: The, the, uh, the neighbors, the landlord. So he was parking boats there for the winter, nice. so kind of changed it up. but I had, we had, uh, we had the diamond back there before the Cobra came in. So, um, we were prepping, we were hoping to get a 12 color, but we just didn't have the space and we were, we were good with a 10 color. So, um, I was back and forth with my sales rep, just trying to figure out, you know, how big the machine was going to be. Cause we didn't even know, like there was no specs out there.
1: I was so the we we're trying to figure way. out.
0: Yes, trying to figure out so many things, um, and it it just took a while, but we were happy with with what we got. How many colors was your diamond bag? It was an eight color. I had a diamond diamondback XL, so it was a the bigger print eight color.
1: I'll just uh, chill here and have a sip of this fine beverage.
2: <laughs> What's in your bill's cup? I'm a water drinker. Sorry, nothing are you, fun. Are you All right, now I got to ask you though, are you a room temperature water drinker or a cold water drinker? Right now it's cold, but I don't mind either. I can't do warm water. It's so weird.
0: I was a I was a competitive runner through college and we had to drink water all the time, so we had like our water bottles walking around class all the time. You couldn't keep it cold at that point, so I just got used to drinking warm water and it was, I have
2: friends normal. that like go to a restaurant and ask for like warm water. I'm like, what the no, what's wrong with you. That's gross. Yeah. That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I've never <laughs> even heard of that. Not a direct. No, like,
0: no lemon. Please just make it warm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you just take it out of
0: the toilet bowl for me? No ice. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cold. My dog loves it.
1: Mm. So what's the vibe of the shop right now?
0: Uh, right now pretty slow um, because it's Sunday, but we've been cranking during the week. You Not normally,
1: sure. you, <laughs> you, you, ne- you never print on Sundays. I mean, or the weekends, I guess you're just, I mean, how, how does We it work? try
0: to shut down all weekends. Like we're, I'm pretty big on family balance. So if I can, if I can be off Saturday, Sundays, I want that for my employees. So we'll do some, um, we'll do some site event work that, you know, we'll be doing stuff on Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, but outside of that, it's probably like five or six weekends a year outside of that, we're doing, we're doing nothing.
2: So tell, tell us about how, how you got started. Cause there's not much to find about you on the internet. It seems like no, you um, just, just popped up. Yep.
0: Yeah. So we, um, I started, I've been in business 20 years. Um, I started right out of college. I actually started it in college. I was, when I was running on my, I was a track and cross country athlete. Um, and when I was running, we didn't have any cool gear. So I just literally went to Walmart and got the, um uh, to iron on transfer sheets and would use my inkjet printer and make shirts for me to go to meet in. And, uh, had a, had a local coach at one point that was a single guy that just said, Hey, I, you know, I know about screen printing, you do some cool stuff. And I was, I was somewhat friends with him. Um, he said, my basement's open. You want to start screen printing just for fun. So we started a little business and I ditched my degree and bought the business from my two, I had two partners. Then I bought the business from those guys, which was like, a thousand dollars a piece. What was your degree gonna point. be in? Exercise science. So I was actually looking to be go to med school or be a chiropractor or do something like that. And I figured And you dropped cool that myself. to be a printer.
2: What's that? And you dropped that dream to be a print a screen printer.
0: Yeah, but I mean, aren't we really <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm just asking. <laughs> no, yeah, it was um it was something that for a long time my wife and I went back and forth. Should I go back to school or um and it this is just where we were led. So we're we're rolling.
2: That's awesome. So I guess after that, like what, what niche market were you in? You were after like sports teams and runner clubs? Yeah. I
0: mean, I was, so once I got out of college, I started coaching. So I coached at our local high school for 10 years. Um, so got connected in with a lot of high schools, a lot of athletic directors. Um, I'm still connected in with our high school governing body, um, in this side of New York. So we do a lot of work for them. Um, but um, very active in our church and active um, in other things in the community. A lot of nonprofits. So we got a lot of. We do a lot of schools, a lot of churches, a lot of nonprofits, um, and then anybody else who comes in. Um, we've actually since COVID, we've done a whole lot more um, work with retailers. So you know, potentially, you know, people not print people that were printing not printing anymore, um, and you know, we we took some of the benefits of that and have. You know have a few customers that are rolling doing a lot of printing. So no, nice. yeah, That's definitely helped us as we I mean we're still I would assume you're the same way in Binghamton where you guys events still aren't really rolling and um a lot of school stuff is slow to get going. So we're this it's sustaining us now, but when everything comes on, we you know hopefully be kicking.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean luckily that none of that's my market. Like I don't okay. do much of any schools or I mean we do events, but like it's more like festivals and stuff like that. But yep. Our, our bread and butter is just like other things. So we've been rolling, like we've been doing tons of stuff for like, like you said, like online retail stuff and, um, yeah, it's just a different world. And like, we've, we've been talking about COVID stuff forever now, but it's like, I, you know, I feel bad for the guys that everything just stopped, but we, we also had the discussion too, of like, like I got a new piece of equipment this year, Andy got new stuff. Um, so it kind of worked out with like installs and getting everything like tip top. So for you, it sounds like you had lots of time to get all your stuff together.
0: Yeah, we were, I mean, we, it was probably June. We started coming back on and a lot of people started coming back for stuff. But again, we had a lot of stuff that wasn't, that still isn't back. Um, but when we picked up a couple of those retailers, um, you know, they, they dropped a lot on us, which was really great. Um, so once we got rolling, we got rolling. We don't, we're not big. We're. Um, you know, I've got four employees or three me and three employees. And then my wife will come in on days and work the back of the dryer or do whatever needs to be done. Um, just to pick up when someone's not here.
2: Yeah. So are you, are you just running the Cobra or do you have manuals or other? We got a,
0: we've got a manual
2: in the Cobra, but we try to stay off the manual. Yeah. What made you get rid of the diamond bag completely?
0: Um, I had, I mean, I'm, I think Chris is your sales rep, right? Chris Tanner. Yeah. So, um, Probably I've got a really good relationship with Chris. Um, and probably almost two years ago now, I was just talking to him about the next upgrade mm-hmm. and telling him, hey, I wanted a I wanted a press that was gonna be flat indexing. Um, you know, I want the micros. I wanted something with better micros. I wanted um, you know, we were just talking about the the wants and needs. Right, and he the wish said, list. Hey, yeah, he was just like, Hey man, just wait. Like I can't really <laughs> it's not, we don't really even know what's going on, but I've been told there's something coming out and it's, it's coming. So just, you know, hold on. So I've just been in contact with them um, through the whole process and we had, our Diamondback was, I mean, it did its job, but um, we had, we definitely had some issues with it. There was something with it that was just funky.
2: Did you um, sell that to get
0: funding towards I, this one? I did sell it. I, if we had the space, I would have kept it. I would have kept two presses, um, but we just don't have the space now. So, um, mm-hmm the space. Basically I'm sitting in our, I'm sitting right next to our dryer. Um, and I've got 900 square foot of production area. That is just like moving shirt. The dryer goes through it, the, the manuals in it. And then we're just moving shirts around and, um, you know, putting everything where it needs to be. And then right. we've got the, the print room right there that mm-hmm. is about 500 square feet.
1: Yeah. So you were fortunate you had a, you could wait, you know, and it was a long wait, I bet because. Yeah. I was was sort of the same way. I was, I knew that this press was coming and I I wanted to upgrade, but you know, it wasn't there. And, and I was, and I, a lot of times actually many times thought, well, I'm just, you know, like, fuck it. I'm just going to get the gauntlet three. I can't wait any longer, but I don't know. Just, uh, called them every, I don't know how many weeks or emailed every, every few weeks and, and eventually, uh, got a kind of a date and went up to Chicago and, and saw it. So glad I did though. That's for sure it was definitely worth it. Um what made you what made you you know like get the wait for the cobra and not get a gauntlet 3 like like I almost Um
0: did. I mean I I probably I didn't want I don't I think the G3 would have fit in there. The G3 wouldn't have fit I don't think because it, they don't have a small print area. It's all the bigger print areas. Yeah. Um I got a 1618 and we're going to I mean we're at the point right now playing with it that I think we can easily get a 19 inch print out of it. Um, if we, if we make it a couple adjustments, <laughs> we can probably get a 20 inch print. Yeah,
1: it's uh, I thought the same thing. Are you talking about the flags on the back?
0: Uh, flags, there's all sorts of little things that, um, you know, are, are adjustable.
2: <laughs> you, guys don't, you guys don't have a 20, 20 print area on
0: those? We, they well, do, but I got the 16, 18, just um, one for space. And two, um, we don't print it. We, we like never print anything over 20 inches. I think on the Diamondback I I really used the big print area like three times in eight years. So it wasn't huge for us. Um, the only thing that's different on this one is the Diamondback having the front or the side clamps, you could extend the, the print stroke so that the flood bar was literally hanging over the back of the screen. Um, so you could get everything out of the screen. Um, and on this one, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different with the front back clamps, but we, yep. We're figuring out ways to make it
2: work. So. It's I like wish- when, when we were getting the G G3, like they tell you, you know, it's, it's X amount of feet wide or whatever. And you're like, yep. all right, you like kind of do some measurements. You're like, oh yeah, this'll be fine. This'll be fine. And then when it actually gets here and gets installed, you're like, this thing is so <laughs> massive.
0: <laughs> it's a we were, we were, when, before we opened up the space behind me, we were literally two feet from the wall and we couldn't even get a flash into like our, our chilies. We couldn't even roll it in every station, or some station were like, well, we couldn't put it in there, so we're just going to have to move it over. Yeah. Um, so we didn't want to be in that situation. So we wanted at least 10 color, and the 10 color 2020 would have been another foot bigger. And it just would have been, we decided, let's, you know, for 90 per, 95 plus percent of our prints, um, you know, it's not worth it to go up. <laughs> just took a just picture. Took a
1: picture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> took a picture of me. It's awesome.
1: Um, yeah, it was I was like, just I was just talking to my kiddo he 's a printer uh too, and I was just talking to him about that very thing like because he 's trying to he 's going to get a new press and he was trying to decide or uh, the shop he's at he's at anywhere you got
2: you got to give a little bit of a story your, your kid's not at your shop he 's at his own shop
1: well he know he's at his mother 's shop uh, my ex 's shop. Anyway, he's, we were just talking about that whole 16 by 18 versus the 20 by 20. And like we, at our shop here, we, 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 we don't print over 20 inches either, even though we have the 20 by 20. In fact, we don't print over tall wise. I hate printing over 16 because you've really got to have your shit together, you know, because with registration, that is, if you're underbasing something and you're, you're printing 18 inches, let's say you have to have your screens have to be. A certain Newton, you know, because otherwise you're gonna have registration issues. It's the top to bottom, potentially, yeah, potentially. And so, it I mean, depends you how you're printing. Lighting. Are you printing with do you, do you guys print with a lot of pressure or do you try to print real light? Well, that now since we have thin thread, uh, we try to print really light I and mean, we do okay much lighter, yeah. But but still, if you have a screen that's out of that has crummy tension, yep. you're gonna be pulling that mesh down, yep. And when you go, we've it used to be anyway when we had crummy tension screens we go over 15 inches. We always start, we began to have problems. And so, um, yeah, if you're going to have, if you're going to be printing large, then you have to, I would recommend or maybe somebody knows because we never knew, but it's definitely a Newman roller situation.
2: Yeah. I think, um, we print 20 inches all the time. Well, like probably every day.
1: Okay. Dylan, not black ink 20 inches. Like,
2: no, I'm talking like we do, (laughs) we do like oversized eight color prints like almost every single day. And every customer that wants those, it's always like 20 tall. So it's usually like 14 and a half wide by 20 tall, which is like a comfortable, I don't even say comfortable, but it's like pretty much the max you want to print on like a small, small Yeah. Yeah. So when a a band or somebody wants oversized comes in and says, that's what we want, that's what they're getting. It's 14 and a half wide by 20 tall. Yeah. So how
0: are you guys super, are you guys super crazy with your tensions and stuff or
2: no, Yeah. Um, all of this stuff just
1: out of registration that's all no it's not out of registration (laughs) no
2: like we we don't and we've had this discussion a ton of times but like I am just starting to buy screens from Frank because of Andy the F guy Uh, the F guy yes Uh, but for years all we've done is we've just used regular statics no thin thread just you know 230s and 156 and stuff like that Um, but we go through them pretty quick. Like I don't let them age like really long. We're not using screens for like two years or anything. We're, I'm, I'm trying to rotate them in like as often as possible. So we're getting them in, we're using them a bunch of times when we start to see, you know, a bunch of little issues with it or stains on it that we just can't get out anymore. We'll just toss it. Like, don't worry about it. Just getting more, um, but we have uh, what are they twenty five thirty six screens, not twenty three thirty ones for, for all your screens. For, no, for oversized prints, just for oversized, yeah, yeah. So we have we're not dealing with prints being so close to the outside edges that we're having as many issues with um, like tension on the outside versus tension in the middle. Yep. So if we use a twenty five thirty six, uh, we have more. Basically, you're dealing with the same inner size print. L- feel versus a 2331 for a smaller print yep um but yeah i mean we we don't have really any issues with it i mean every once in a while people have registration issues but it's not a normal thing it's if we have something that's like we can't get this in registration we can't bump this to fix this then yeah it's take that screen out reburn use another screen um but for the most part it's usually just the standard you know if you have an issue it's you know, it wasn't trilocked perfectly on the eye image or something, and all they have to do is, you know, use the micros to fix it.
1: So I love that. I love that you're that's great idea. Um however, we don't have twenty five any twenty-five by thirty-sixes. And how right. are how are you coding them and how are you um like eye imaging them?
2: We just have another pusher frame. Okay. So we have the step up pusher frame for the twenty-five thirty-six. And then coding them, all we have to do on uh, the Unico is pop the peg out and move it up to whatever the the 36 instead of the 31.
1: I just hate the idea of having different size frames. I want all the same, you know? Well, we have, we
2: use the same 2331 for everything except for oversized prints. So we have literally like one, you know, like your aluminum rack of screens. We just have one that's all oversized screens. We actually,
0: when we were looking at what the capability of the 1618 can do, um, the sixteen eighteen will fit a 23 by 33 screen. So they build it like that, but you can't get them anywhere. So <laughs> I was, I was going to get a ton of 23 by 33 or, you know, like a handful, maybe 12 with different mesh counts so that if we needed to go, cause I, at that point I think we could get up to, um, we could probably get plus, you know, over a 20 inch print, yeah. um, with the, with a couple little, you know, mods during the print, you know, while we're, while we're setting up. I
1: bet you Frank would, I bet you could build you. Like he, he makes his own racks and stuff like that. I bet you can build you that frame. Okay. Where's Frank from? Chicago. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not too far, we actually get it. We get our
0: frames out of Atlanta from spot color supply right now. We do all mesh or S mesh. We've been S mesh for probably six years or so now. Hmm. Um, and what the other thing we do that probably no print shop anywhere does is we run every single squeegee with a double bevel. Um, so our squeegees run straight up and down. We've got two different durometers and double bevels, and you can print fast and very light and get an oh, awesome
2: so great white paces. What the hell? Oh, wow. is that? <laughs> your audio just like, it, right? No, your audio just went like mm. crazy for a second.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> Where, where'd you where'd you where'd you lose me?
1: No, we didn't lose you. We just heard you loud and clear. <laughs> oh, geez. I didn't do anything. Loud, loud, and, loud and unclear. No, so you were saying so you have it's like a double squeegee. What do you mean double bevel?
0: It's a double bevel. So the um, there's a point. It's not a it's not a square. Oh, you have the pointed ones. It's the pointed squeegees. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I've seen the, I've seen
2: those. I never tried them.
0: There was all sorts of things with the Diamondback that when I so I I printed for like 12 years on a manual in my basement before I moved to my shop. You know. Um, so I moved, I moved out of the basement, um, to get the diamond back. Um, so when I got the diamond back, it was just, it was so much easier for me to manually print than it was to go to the auto. So it took me like a few months to start feeling comfortable even moving over to the auto for, for jobs. Um, but probably a couple years in, I was still having trouble with white bases. Um, had to double stroke all the time. And the, uh, I was always, I did a lot of reading on the shirtboard. And one of the guys on there was just like super into double bevels. And, yeah. um, Joe Clark's, uh, remember the old squeegee hat? I can't even remember what it was called, the Smiling Jack. Um, mm. did you guys ever try one of those? No, huh? So it was basically a squared squeegee on one side and like a bevel squeegee on the other side. Um, so you could flip it to do two different things. Um, and I didn't have a whole lot of success with that, but when I went to the double bevel, it's just like my, my base whites came out so nice that I just started going to every color. And um, it's,
1: it's been awesome. That was before you went to, to uh, S mesh though.
0: So that was, I, I probably made the S mesh um, change right around the same time. Okay. Um, actually, no, I went to S mesh first and I was always playing with whites and still was having problems with whites that I shouldn't have. Um, cause I was always trying to also print with lower, uh, lower pressure. Um, but probably a t- two years into that, as I was, again, playing with different whites, trying to figure out which whites were better than others. Um, I went, I, that's when I went to the, to the double bevel and I just literally every screen we have it takes a, it takes a variable out of the equation for us. So
1: well, our squeegees
0: are always straight up and down.
1: Where you get the... Up. That your angle, you're saying, is just squeeze so angle,
0: always straight up and down. Yeah. If if it feels like we need a little bit more, a um, little bit more ink dropping on a top color, we might give it like a two degree, just a little two degree move. I um,
2: yeah. remember you remember Casey, you remember Andy, you remember Casey because you called him and tried to see if he wanted to come to your place from from M and R. He's the one that usually runs oh, the yeah, M at yeah. the shows. Yeah, this, he's the one, he, golf man. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> the one that told me about those squeegees. And he was, he was like, yeah, dude, they're amazing. Especially for like whites.
1: Where do you get yeah. your, do you just buy the rubber? Where do you get I, it? From? Actually the
0: first, the first ones I found were on, just on eBay. So I didn't even know what durometer was. They they've got to be like 90 to a hundred durometer. Cause we just got some 80 durometer in and they're way softer. Um, but the what pressure the are you AD running on those? Uh, on our whites, we typically, and again, we're, with the diamondback, it was very different of how it, how it did it stroke. It was a, a lot slower. Um, so having this for three weeks now, we've, we're, we're constantly making changes, but we're printing pretty fast, probably, um, generally a seven on the, on the dial. And we're and in the 35 to 40 range when we get going. Um, and that's for our whites <clears throat> and then our top colors, we want to be 30 to 35 usually. Um, sometimes we're dropping our top white at 25 psi um and super fast stroke.
1: Your top white, what mesh count are you putting that in? On on S mesh Uh, also?
0: Uh everything we we have almost no S mesh here. Um so everything's pretty much S. Um Depending what we're playing with, we've we've got 110, 135, and 150 for our bases. So just depending on what we're what we're trying to do, if we're doing halftones on the base, we'll usually go 150, sometimes 180, and then a lot of times on the top. Right now, we're going 180. So um, generally, if if it was if we played the middle game, it was generally a 135 base, 180 top white. Um, And honestly, before not too long ago, we were running 180 to 225 bases and hot heading them, and then you know running a 225 top and getting pretty bright whites. But, um, I think we found that the hothead pushes down the ink so well that a 150 and a 225 don't even feel that different at the end of the dryer.
2: Once you hothead. are you using the iron or the roller, the iron. Yeah.
1: Have you heard of a stampinator? I've heard of it. Yeah. Somebody we were, I think it was last, I want to say it was last, last episode we were talking about a hothead. They were telling you to buy that. Yeah. 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 And they said to get the stampinator, um, I don't know what it does exactly. I think it's irons at all. It's kind of like a heat press. I, mean, it's right? like I feel press like it's on. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's basically a giant heat press, like a heat press that just goes in a head. When um, you got, or do both of you have hot head? I do. I don't. I, don't. I want to buy three. Yeah, Dylan. Do
0: you? Um, do you have struggles if you're not putting enough um, adhesive down that it'll lift? Or
2: no, I don't think we've ever had that happen. Um, the only hiccup we've ever had with it is before we got our red chili D's, we just had the regular red chili. And if we had something that would, wasn't flashed all the way, um, obviously when you use the hot head, it would pick up on the back of the, uh, the Teflon. But Do you know what temps you're running that at? 200 at 35 PSI. And then
0: you're before, what's your flash before that?
2: Uh, it depends on the garment. We change okay. it for almost every garment. But yep. um, yeah, we just leave it in the cool down station the cool down station yep. and we, we just run it on almost everything. So okay. it depends we're on the job. Like if we're doing a like a SIM process job or something. We won't use it. Um, yeah.
0: But we're running a lot hotter and maybe I felt like when we first got it, we tried the low temps and it wasn't working, but we might need to go back to checking it out and,
2: um, you know, checking out the low temps and see how we I think. Can if, I, think I think if it's just like warm enough, because basically you're coming right after the flash anyway. So yep. the ink should be somewhat like, you know, malleable, but just enough temp of it to keep it warm while it's going. Um, It's just, all you're really looking to do is mat the fibers down. The thing is, is you don't want to have so much pressure and so much heat that you're like squishing the ink down and you're losing detail. Like if you have anything that has any kind of detail, if you're cranked on pressure or you're cranked on heat, I feel like you're just going to mush all those tiny lines together. Yep. And then you're going to have registration issues because you pushed it out further than it needed to be. And then white's going to poke out here and there. So okay. we like it just light enough to where it's pushing all the fibers down. That's realistically it, to me, it seems like now that we've had it for so long and it's a no brainer, it's like the biggest issues you see a lot of people with prints have like on Facebook groups and stuff like the younger guys are like, what's wrong with this? And it looks like, <laughs> you know, like 60 grit sandpaper. Yeah. It's like well, this eliminates all of that. And for us, it was like, not, I mean, You can get a really good white on a t-shirt anyway, but like for us, the biggest difference was with hoodies, like just matting down every fiber before you even print on it. And it was just like, I feel like we've talked about this in enough episodes where like everybody's heard it by now, but I just feel like it's, it's a no brainer. If you can get it, it's not expensive either. So yeah, it's not taking up any other heads. It's in your cool down station. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think our only issue with it was always just trying to figure out what those right, temps are and pressure Mm -hmm. and, you know, we just need to play with it. And, you know, if, if we're going to use it, we usually just tack up the the pallets pretty good before,
2: but yeah. I mean, honestly, Chris Tanner was the one who told me when I first got it, I asked him, I was like, Hey, what's the recommended temp? And he was like, he was like 220 at 35. And that's pretty much what we've left it at since. I think he told
0: me the same thing. And I was like, dude, it doesn't work. So
2: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's one of those things. Like it's, it's, printer preference you know what i mean yeah. there's things there's things all the time like we talk to shops and they're like yeah i won't use the tri like i don't like to use it i'm like what do you mean you don't like to use it like you can register a whole job in minutes versus like an hour like yeah there's just printers are so stuck in their ways that they don't want to change anything or do anything different yep um and i'm guilty of that with like other things not print related but i'll like,
0: tell you one thing about one thing about the cobra and i don't know what you guys feel on the, you know, you with the gauntlet or, um, with the sportsman's, but I definitely feel like because the pallet arms are so much stronger that there's no bend in it when you go to do the tri-locking. So if you, you can pull your screen in the tri-lock a little bit tighter and put a little bit more pressure on it and clamp it down and you get a lot less movement. Um, so I feel like we're tri-locking much better. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we try like better on the Cobra than than both the sportsmen's, but we just tune the sportsman's. and so that's going to change up a little bit. I
2: feel like that's yeah, going to that's going to help for sure, yeah, just the tune-up.
1: But uh, what's your favorite thing about the Cobra besides just try lockings better? What's your favorite? I mean, I that?
0: I love the flat index. I love the speed. I love the it's so quiet. Like um, the the UI took a little bit to get used to because we had a eight year old black and white UI that <laughs> um you know you're just the, we we did a lot of printing palettes the first couple of days because what how you turn off a palette on the Diamondback was kind of like how you print on the if you print so we go to we think we were turning off a palette and we'd be printing so um,
1: yeah like so we have a our sportsman I think maybe has the same software because um, there's two circles one is green or red and one is to print, right? It used to be anyway. And so you would go to turn off the head by hitting it, hitting green to turning it, turning it to red on the Cobra anyway. I mean, on the on the sportsman, that's how it works. But on the Cobra, you do that and it prints. And so ours, anyway. ours actually look, we had like
0: lines for the heads. So it was like boxes all the way across the screen oh. for the heads. So we had a black and white display. So when you would tap the, when you would tap it, it would, Um, it would turn it off when you tap the head where it's at H1, you tap it and turn it off. But on this one, you tap anything and it, it prints. So
1: it's weird as I go from, if I print on the eight and then I print on the 10 and if I print and then I print on the 12, maybe I do that in a day. Every once in a while that happens. It's exponentially harder. It's not just two heads harder as you grow to press. Yeah. It's exp- there's so much go- more going on on that twelve color, you know, to just to keep track of. Yep. And it's a it's a the XL, so it's twenty by twenty. It's just so big, and you can hardly see over to the other side, you know, what's going on. And I have three flashes going. Half hour to
0: walk around it when you're checking something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy. So it's just it's not just oh it's just a little bit harder. It's or I should say more complicated. It's just. You really have to pay attention. That's
2: what's funny. Cause like Randy runs the gauntlet and basically like his biggest complaint now that we have 16 head or uh, 16 stations is scrubbing pallets. <laughs> just like, Oh, there's so many more. <laughs> we, we actually, when we,
0: we we don't do any spray tack in our shop. So even for hoodies, we don't run spray tack. Um, so as the shirts come around, the unloader unloads, and then grabs the, the sponge and water and quickly pulls the fleece or that, you know, all the fuzz off. And then mm-hmm. it, you know, it sticks really well going around the next time. So
1: when you say quickly, how, how long, what do you mean? Uh,
0: exactly? We probably have, we probably run on a eight or nine second, sometime a 10 second delay uh, index delay, just for oh. hoodies, just for hoodies yeah. so that we can put like it that. onto the dryer, turn, just really one or two sprays of water. And then you just really quickly over the top of it and it pulls all the lint off and we don't, I'm, I'm huge in this health, health and safety. So, um, you know, all the stories when I started about guys getting cancer in their fifties and sixties or forties and, um, because of what they were doing and I hated spray tack. Um, when I was, when I was running the business in college, we're literally, we're down in the basement. I have like a big, huge meet coming up where I'm, you know, flying somewhere down South and the day before we're trying to get a job done and I'm like inhaling spray tack the whole time. So (laughs) it is, it, I pretty quickly, I said, like, that we got to figure out another solution. So.
1: So your, your fleece or hoodies, or I guess should, I should say, your fleece method is you, um, you have a hothead. And so how do you, how do you run fleece? We run fleece. It's,
0: we literally, we don't, we actually don't usually hothead the fleece, but we're going to have to play around with the hothead settings. Cause we're running, <laughs> we're usually running our hothead at, um, at 50 PSI. So we might be, we just might be pushing down too hard into the ink. Um, but for fleece, well, we just the loader loads comes around when it comes, when it's coming off, literally pull it off, drop it on the dryer, two spritzes of water, take a sp- uh, you know, like a natural sponge all over the print area, pull off fleece. And by the time you're done, we've got a, um, you know, we got a sweatshirt on the floor and you know, all the fleeces, we never have any tackiness inside the fleece, you know, um, I don't know if you pull stuff off and you, you know, someone's using spray tack and all of a sudden you pull it off and the front sticking to the back by the time it's out of the dryer, um, sure. that stuff never happens. Um, so I, it's, it's definitely good. It gives us a workout, but, I think we get a really nice.
2: Um, no, if you're using nice you're fabric. using water-based adhesive, usually after you scrub, you want to flash it to get it tacky again. Are you Are having no issues with it? Just the being pallets hot? are so hot. What happens is if you don't
0: put too much water on, you're just sliding off the fleece. Just activating it slightly more, and it, and it kind of reactivates it. So you're actually right. if we if we're running our fleece and we decide to, um, you know, we have to run off the machine for some reason and and uh, start back up. We'll literally spray a couple um, couple sprays on. The unloader will spray even on the empty pallets and just reactivate it for the for the loader
2: to to throw the shirt on. Right. Just a
1: mist, right? Like you have a water. Just bottle. a slight mist. Yeah. 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 See that's
2: that's the difference, is like if you're cleaning them, you're gonna put on a decent amount of water, but you're just yeah. trying to get that one rotation's worth of lint off. And that's all it is.
0: And we, we keep it tacky and, and we've had really good success for it. We've been doing it like that for probably about, Is
2: that the, is that the slogan for Wingfoot? is keep it tacky? Keep it tacky. <laughs> I
0: mean, we got all sorts of slogans. I don't know if they're, they're zoom compatible.
1: How did you come up with <laughs> the name? Is it, I guess it's track. And,
0: oh, it's from it. track and field. I, we were, we were mercury screen printing when I got started I created that wing logo and I just love the wing. Um, And I didn't know what to call it. When I took it over myself, they didn't want to keep the ma- name going. So it was just a track thing. I've talked about rebranding for like the last 10 years and just haven't done it.
2: It's funny because we, uh, we do this live print for this local school. And we always do their like track event. And they always ask for the designs to have like the wing shoe. Yeah. They're like, you have to, that, like everybody wants that. And I'm like, Are you sure we've done this like so many years in a row? <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, they love it. They love that.
0: Yeah, I've got like mm-hmm. 10 different winglets <laughs> that I just keep putting into different, you know, designs and logos when I do events. Yeah. So whereabouts in Buffalo are you? We are, um, we're technically in Chictahuaga. So we're right next to, we border up against, um, up right against the city. So, um, I mean, new. Uh, if you know where, do
2: you know where New Buffalo is in Buffalo? Like, have you been up here? I mean, I've been to Buffalo a ton of times, but I, I don't know where they are specifically.
1: Yeah. We're real close
0: it.
2: to the Galleria Mall, if you
0: know where the mall is. But oh, the, we have uh, a Galleria
1: in here in St. Louis. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's,
2: it's trendy. You and, guys are um, basically brothers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> uh, I saw that magnetic bar you have on Instagram way in the back. I guess it's in the back of your shop behind you right now. And do you oh. does it hold your uh, squeegees and flood bars?
0: It's not magnetic. It's a, so my buddy, my buddy's in machine tools and he's in machine shops all day, every day. So we always try to develop stuff and he just comes back with it with something. So we, um, I don't know, you know, the, um, a lot of guys use the, it's an electrical like hanger that you can slide the squeegees and floods in. Have you ever seen those? Hmm. It's like,
2: yeah, I think Juan, Juan has those. Is that what he does? Yeah. It's like a little piece of like, it's like a channel with like loops on it.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. They, it's made for, for putting up onto the ceiling and then they oh, it lights like, off it and it's stuff. It's like strut. It's strut, it's actually, that's what it is. So we put, we have strut con, um, connected to that metal and we just slide them into strut. There's like three inches of strut.
1: It fits right into the strut? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay.
0: So it's, it's a cool way to do it. They stay clean, the, the ink doesn't get all, like even if we have ink on them, it doesn't get on anything else. Why is it vertical
1: though? Why is it up? Why is it like this?
0: We just figured as we were trying to develop some way of doing it, it was, it was the best way to save space and keep everything clean.
2: You'll have to get us a picture of it so that,
0: yeah, we didn't want to hang something out away from the wall very far either. So, you know, if you've got a 16 inch squeegee and you're not trying to push it up against the wall, even if you give it a angle, you're still going to hang out in a foot, foot and a half from the wall. So that way we just kept it tight to the wall.
2: So you now I was starting to talk about Buffalo and you guys went right back into fucking screen printing. All right. We've had <laughs> enough talk with screen printing. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, how
0: do you like your chicken wings? Um, I mean, generally medium and crispy. Okay. But I mean, we've got some pretty good joints around here that make some good stuff. Not, not the, the anchor brand. bar. Right. Are you a guy that swears by the anchor bar? I like anchor bar, but bar bill is
2: probably the best, one of the best it's one of the best wings in buffalo yeah we went to last time we were in buffalo we're like oh we'll go to the anchor bar because i've never been there and i was like oh we'll go there and they were all right but like i feel like they make so many wings a day in like a fryer or however they're making them that they just tasted like fryer they didn't taste like good chicken wings and i was like yeah i'm kind of Barbell tavern that's the place to go all right. So they have. I think we have uh, tried like everything there. Every time we're there, we eat chicken wings, um, and uh, I think we had Duffs last time. I'm not. No, we had an Anger Bar, and we had Duffs. I didn't think Duffs was that bad, um, but anything's. I mean, we don't have amazing chicken wing places where we are. So yeah, when you go up there, it's like you're expecting them to be amazing every time. Um, there's there's like a sweet Cajun honey
0: butter barbecue that is just like it's got a little sweet, a little hot, a little spice to it that is killer at that place so
2: yeah no i'm yeah. i'm not adventurous i'm usually like yeah i'll take like mild
1: <laughs> we get
2: those from <laughs> my kids
1: um, i'm i'm so cool. i'm so slow that i didn't adjust now for the first time in my life realized that maybe and maybe not chicken wings come from buffalo originally is that real yeah yeah. The anchor
0: bar is actually where they were supposedly started. started.
1: Okay. I just thought they were called Buffalo wings. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah I mean, bison have big wings. That's why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, what, uh, what inks are you running?
0: Uh, we were doing um, will Flex PCs with amazing base that's um, what for, we were doing. We did that
2: for, we're over 10 years.
0: Yeah. And we just, we just got into that about a year ago. I was running all union stock stuff and I was just mixing stuff by eye. Um, but I, I like every, every single ink in our shop, unless someone gave us something to try is 300 and 300 degrees t- uh, cure temp and under. So I'm real, real. So are you again. using the, um, the Rio system then? We have, so we got the PC system. We've got the Rio system boat. We've got both of them in house. And then, um, some of our stock like blacks navies, we're still using union. Um, our white we're generally using quick white, but cause quick white, a lot of guys think it's a three hundred twenty, but if you go on their site, it's actually a 300 cure. So, and what, I mean, what is the cure temp actually? We were just talking about it on Friday. They probably all actually cure at 300. They just want people to make sure that they, you know, yeah are fully cured. But, um, we, as long as something says it's a 300 cure, we'll try it. Um, and that's generally what we're doing. Yeah. We do, we'll do discharge water-based. So if we get a, if we get a job for, you know, white ink on a, on a colored shirt, that'll discharge. Like I, a lot of times I won't even tell the customer, I'll just
2: pull it out, double stroke and roll with it. Yeah. No, we do that too. Usually, I don't know. I feel like depending on the customer, I usually just look at it. Cause I know it's not their job to know, you know what I mean? They just yeah. want a cool print. Like they don't yep. really, they're not look, coming to you and being like, I want plants all this specific Pantone. They're just like, just make my fucking print look cool. Um, yep. so that we, we generally just look at the design and we're like, yeah, like this is a shirt they ordered. Oh yeah, we can discharge it. Um, let's do discharge on your base with the colors on top. They're going to love the feel. Yep. Um, or love discharge under bases when we can do it yeah we do it a ton it, it, it's nice because it's just it basically makes every shirt feel like it's printed on a white tee yep um so
0: we were doing it more previously on the diamond back when we had to do higher color counts where we couldn't we couldn't be flashing things where well
2: it saves you too it saves you like the double double white or yep. double spin in some cases yep um So yeah, it's just, and then you can wet on wet the colors usually on top of it. So That was
0: a thing. We could, we could run five, five colors on top and, you know, not have to flash and not have any issues. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like, like printing
2: directly onto the shirt every time. Have you noticed any like opacity issues with that Wolflex?
0: Um, we, what we've tried to do with any of the colors, any of the colors that have the, um, the fluorescence in them. They all look like hell yeah those are the ones that we we look we try to find the high opacity of that Mm -hmm. or we'll try to find a color really close and then do a do our own match to it yeah because the fluorescence the more we've played with it like the more they suck yeah so anything that has high fluorescence we try
2: i'll i'll send you i'll send you a couple things that we've learned uh two things i can tell you right off the bat i can't remember what it is but we've talked to certain people and manufacturers and stuff and they said that pretty much you can switch from amazing base which doesn't really have much opacity at all to triangle actually makes an opaque base that is interchangeable with the amazing base okay um and we did that and we noticed the difference the other thing about the the uh, triangle base is it's creamier it's not like as thick you know like Okay. amazing base is super hard usually
0: amazing base uh, is awesome once it's once you start printing it it like turns into right. a super soft thing but when that's you're trying how to, we,
2: that's how your triangle is out of the bucket though okay so it like has like if you're printing on like a lighter garment or whatever it does have that like water base kind of like consistency
1: the yeah. amazing base that's your discharge no, no amazing base our, is
2: just a normal base, like a normal Will flex mixing base. It's like a neutral mixing base it as it's like no color. It's a like clear.
0: Yeah. And, and again, I, I chose it because it was 300 degree care temp and under.
2: Right. Right. So, or, so no, we were using, we were older. using the Epic system, which is the regular three twenty. Yep. Um, and we used that when we very first started, we bought like a kit, you know, a little court kit or whatever it is. Like, like I said, like 11 years ago. And we've used that ever since. Like we, we've we switched our whites and all these other things, but like our mixing system was always that. And then uh, over the years too, talking to certain you know professionals or whatever in that area, one thing we found out is we were like, man, we're having really terrible issues with like opacity on like certain blues and certain yellows and stuff like that. And like you said, anything you mix that has a fluorescent in it generally yep. we call them fruit roll-up prints. Cause that's what it looks like with a white under base. It just looks yeah. like thin and <laughs> weird. Um, they told us to basically do 10% less base. So when you're mixing a color, just do 10% yep. less base and then you'll have a higher pigment load and it'll cure the same. Everything's fine. It'll just give you a little bit more opacity.
0: Yeah. And I know sometimes we go in and we'll see that a color actually has a high opacity option in -hmm. the software. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll look at what the two options are, what they're being mixed with. And then a lot of times we end up picking that high opacity.
2: Yeah. Well, we just recently did testing with Monarch stuff. um, And we basically told them like, Hey, we're having these opacity issues or whatever. Uh, What do you, their big claim to fame was basically like we have good high opacity inks for everything. Like, I mean and when and they came they in good. and
0: then we had a guy come in their their national sales manager came in and talked with us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at that point he was touting that like, you didn't have to have white under bases with Is that yeah. Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah.
1: Aaron's have, awesome. Cause, Cause they have yeah, a low cure. They have two options that they have the standard and also low cure, mm-hmm. which, which you may love, you know, um, under 300. I, I think it's like 280.
0: Yeah, it's like 270, 280, I think. But Aaron was a good dude. He was he was great to have in the shop. He's just them. like
2: super like print nerdy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he knows all the technical stuff. Um, but I told him straight up, I was like, hey, like say 288 C, like that blue, I think it's 288. Um, and we're like, every time we have to print this blue, it looks like shit. Like it just doesn't look good. We have to double hit it or do something with it to get it to look good. So they mixed 288, sent it to us. We did a side by side comparison. And it was like night and day difference of like opacity wise, and it was just yeah. like I was like, all right. So, like I said, I've used that that system, that Epic system with WillFlex that so I kind of feel like they're trying to phase out, but they still have because so many people keep using it. So I just saw that as an opportunity to be like, all right, well, we're going to switch completely. So yep. we adopted the uh, the monarch system.
1: What uh, What are you using for discharge?
2: CCI uh, CCI.
0: Where I I got the, the uh, I got the Green Galaxy stuff at one point and um, it's
2: basically CCI I think
0: I it, the Green Galaxy stuff it used to be their old Ryonet version was CCI the Green Galaxy is different um, and I actually I didn't like that system I have it here like you know a quartz system that I I can play with every once in a while but I, I like the CCI stuff yeah I like
2: it a lot are you
0: using the U base uh, yeah U base mm-hmm. we're not we're using... doing the the bright the bright
2: base, yeah. Um,
0: so we use U. Oh wait, the U base is the. I'm sorry, the U base is the white underbase one, right? Yeah. No, we're, we actually we mix up our own when we do a hybrid. So when we're running um, discharge base, we'll just we'll run their regular their regular D base, mm-hmm. and then like
2: 15% D white. And okay. just mix those together, and that. So you us f- you figured base. that that's that pigment load is okay because that's that's what we ran into is that when we were not knowledgeable enough on discharge was that we just thought oh we'll just use white discharge for the underbase and then put Plastol on top. The problem is, is the Plastol won't stick to it. It's got too high of a pigment load. Yeah, so we would fur- get customers that would be like oh it all washed off, and we're like uh yeah, and then we found out that you need to use a specific like underbase discharge to let glasses yep. all go on top but i've so heard our, like you said there's a certain percentage of pigment load that you can still get away with
0: yeah because our, our cci rep has been in and like he he basically said the u-base is basically like what we're creating anyways they're just mm-hmm. you know they're just making sure the pigment load isn't too high in it right um so we you, you know it's just getting u-base would be another thing to to order and have in here so mm-hmm. it's it we just, we do the mix and roll with it. Yeah. But I feel like a lot like, of times, a lot of times we won't double stroke. We'll, we'll stay away from double stroking though. Cause if you have, if you're up into the 20%, 25% and you double stroke, you might drop down too much or we've found that you might drop down too pig too much pigment and then have that same issue with wash off.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we're double, you know, two strokes of, uh, U-Base U-Base. just to make sure we're getting that like dried into the garment enough. Yep. Um, but like Andy, I feel like you guys could use that like a ton, like we, well, you don't put, you know, you're not putting a diazo in your emulsion, so you wouldn't be able to. uh, We don't, we actually, when we
0: run discharge, unless we're running something super, super long, which isn't typical, um, we just really do a post burn and use a chemical hardener, like a a reclaimable chemical hardener. And we don't usually have too many problems. Until what quantity? Like how many can you get out of that? Like, Like we can get a couple hundred. So and that's double stroke you, our discharge. If we're doing a discharge base we're usually single stroking, but if we're running um if we're running just straight discharge prints, we double stroke everything.
1: So the reason why we've never we've played with discharge, but the reason why we've never made it part of our system is just 100% cotton, you know, like we 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 rarely print on 100% cotton. So many people want blends or tri blends or There's a eathers. ton of blends
2: there's a ton of blends and tri-blends that'll work, though. I found out oh. recently that the uh, mm-hmm. Bella Canvas 3001 CVCs, which is what we sell the most of, right? Those most of those discharge. How well do like really well? A ton well, of them do like really well. We I did use, uh, we did Heather Black recently, which I was yep. like, this isn't going to look good, and it was just as bright as the 100% cotton. Like, it yep. was Heather unreal. Black,
0: charcoal heathers, the the Heather Navies, like those are ones that we actually we push right away to discharge because it's mm-hmm. double stroking off the press
2: yeah
1: it's awesome <laughs> and so you come with a highlight white at the end
0: no no that's it no white that's one it's screen one screen one screen double stroke we put it in head you know the last head so that we can you know if you get a little if you notice a little
2: fuzzball or something you can get it off quick instead of mm-hmm. um you know instead of having to come around and it's done as i said for like us if we're doing like a 10 color print or whatever it's a no-brainer to it'll be like all right let's do a you know, a 3001 and our base will be a discharge. So usually if you're doing like a 12 color print, it's probably like a lot of colors, a lot of surface area on the front of the shirt anyway. So by using the discharge base, you're going to have a softer print anyway. And then there's no highlight white needed. So it's like discharge base, wet on wet, probably six colors, flash, six colors for the other wet on wet, and it's done in one spin. So Hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And then they look like shit when you take them off the press and you're like, well, I don't know. And then you run it through the dryer and it's super bright. Everything's great. Yep. So, soft feel. So and when
0: you're running like when you're, when you're running straight discharge, you're what it, what it looks like at the end of the dryer can be very, um, there's a lot of variable when with pigment load, with the amount of discharge activator you have in it for certain colors. So it's a lot, there's a lot to it. And it takes a long time. To usually get set up for us cause we don't do it all the time. Um, but when you're running the hybrid printing, like your plastisol is going to be the color it comes out, unless you're using yeah. a red. Sometimes like a red will pink out a little bit. Um, but outside of that, like your colors are going to look the way they're they're yeah. intended to look. What's funny is when
2: you do a print where somebody wants it that like ivory, you know, natural discharge color, and you just use natural like discharge base, base and yep. you don't have the flash on on the press at all, and you like double stroke it, comes around, it just looks like a wet shirt. Yep, <laughs> you're like, oh, I have no idea how this looks, and <laughs> take it off, put it in the dryer, and it comes out. It's like bright ivory by the time it comes out the other side.
0: Yeah, and and customers really the only thing that I talk to customers about um when we're running a discharge print instead of a plastic, like you said, a, a customer just wants a good print a lot of times. Yeah. So someone who wants a white print, I'll just let them know like, there's no guarantee it's going to be this, the brightest white, but right. it'll be a little bit bone white, but like.
1: It trade-off most, is you get the soft shirt you yeah
0: know. you give them the trade-off and you tell them most people don't care about how white a white is that you know we're, we're screen printers our eye says well that's not white enough but um you know 99 percent of the population looks at it and are like oh cool white
2: print yeah well the problem is this too is that the reason why we try to use bella as much and this isn't like a plug toward bella but it's kind of like they have the no over dye You know, they won't re-dye stuff to make it black because they have too many. And a lot of other brands do that, which screws you because if you're like, yeah, let's do discharge for this job and you used like we've had this happen a ton with Next Level. And it's like, all right, we got 200 Next Level shirts. And then we do the job and all the largest look like hell. Like the white print is purple. And it's like, oh You're saying
1: because that shirt was purple previously?
2: They yeah, they they dyed it black because they had too many of say purple or whatever. And then when we discharge it, it doesn't bring it back to white. It brings it to like a whitish purple.
0: Yeah. And when we're running blacks, we've actually I I try not even to order the regular black, like the the Bella Canvas vintage black discharges better than anything else that's out there. So mm-hmm. as long as the kids, again, the same thing, like if you put a black shirt and the vintage black next to each other, the vintage black is going to look a little grayer, but if it's just sitting on its own, it looks like a black shirt. Right. Um, and
1: What's the, the, it, uh, what's the CCI's what's odor like through the oven? You know, what do you, what do you, I mean, it's you discharge it if
2: you're discharge, like discharge, but the shirt yeah. shouldn't smell that bad at all. If you did your job correctly and had it, fully evaporate time yeah you can time.
0: bury actually that's actually how you tell if you did the, if you did your job in the dryer is it if it stinks head, it's not done yeah if you stick your face in the shirt and sniff it you should not really smell any of that stuff
2: yeah i don't know it's something to try like i said the only thing i would watch out for is just have a good hard screen the other thing that we learned years into it was using like our tape like the thicker well we use the blue r tape but like you can get it from other people like ryan i think sells one it's green but it's just that tape that you can't rip really you have to cut and then you layer it a certain way so like discharge won't seep under Um, most guys
0: say do not tape any of the any of the underside of the screen also Um, one tape doesn't necessarily stick after after the screen get screen gets a little wet mm -hmm. Um, but also it can help break down the screen because the screen doesn't breathe so there's something with the emulsion breathing that, you know, you w- you don't want to
2: be covering something if you don't have to. We usually just do like a step, like an inside tape and then an yeah. outside tape right over it on just on the inside of the screen. And that's all we really tape.
1: Um, God, that would suck because you're to discover that like 20 shirts in by the time you, it gets to the end of the dryer and it's because you're not going to see a. A pinhole or whatever. Right. Or that's the through.
2: big. That's the big downside to discharge is that if you do get a pinhole or you get a leak under a tape or something, you're not going to notice it until it comes out the other side of the dryer. So if you're it's doing really- a job that's 500 shirts, you're going to find out the hard way that like the first <laughs> 250 look great, and the other 250 have like a white dot over here. And it's it's really your process. If you've got your
0: process down to, to have that stuff taken care of in the beginning, then you're good. If you if you're a little lax in some of those places, it might not be the best option for you.
2: I feel like once we got the Unicode and we were using the right tape method with our tape, I don't think we've had that issue. And I'm gonna knock on wood because I don't <laughs> want that to happen tomorrow. Um but yeah, I don't think I think just having a good consistent screen to where you're rarely ever having pinholes. Yeah. Um you shouldn't have that issue.
1: All right, CCI, tomorrow. <laughs> Calling call for my sample. I think I might even have some back there. I'm an idiot. I think by
2: the U base. We use U base more than anything. Yeah. It's called U base. It's like U dash base.
1: You do not have to science it or anything. You just open it up and, and
2: open it up. Well, you'll have to buy, um, activator. activator. So we have, we, we just buy a U base and fives cause we use it so much. And the thing is usually when we have a customer that wants white discharge, we have a five of white discharge too. But a lot of times we'll just use the U base, which isn't like as crazy bright as like white pigmented discharge, but like, I don't know I just feel like we end up using that more um so I feel like like I said anytime you have a print they're just like this is going to be a shield on someone's chest if we don't discharge underbase this it's it's 100% better it's like how does it work on fleece we don't ever use it on hoodies I don't honestly I think you can I just haven't tried it like a lot of hoodies you need it to make sure that it's a you know cotton front or whatever Again, the, so what, what we found in that stuff is the, um, it's the penetration I feel like is the problem with fleece.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've run a bunch of fleece orders with discharge if it, you know, if it works, but, um, you want either the, the full cotton face. So right. like a, an independent has those a lot. Um, actually port and company has some really nice fan favorite, um, fleeces that have a full cotton face. Um, or you get into like the, those Heathers that discharge anyways. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if the, if the polyester in the garment is the white in the Heather, then you're going to get a good discharge on a Navy or a, or a, uh, charcoal Heather, or some of those, you get really great discharge anyways.
2: Yeah. So again, screen printing again, uh, what, uh, are you binging any TV shows right now? No, we're, I, we've actually, we've been
0: real busy at the shop the last couple of months. So we've, I've, I like get home and my kids are seven, nine and 11. We get them to bed by nine and I, literally, I'm out like 15 minutes later. Oh, so you go to bed early too. I mean, I, my wife, my wife's like kidding me. Like, where did you go? Like, <laughs> but, um, you know, we're, I'm just, I've been toast. So
2: it's been good. Dylan,
1: nine o'clock isn't early. Okay. Maybe for you, <laughs>
2: I have a problem it's early.
1: Yeah. You might have a problem.
2: I feel like I it's could, just the thing though, is I like get home from work. I do, I do the dad stuff, you know, I do the dinner and bedtime and whatever and say they go to bed by like nine, nine thirty. It's like when that, they finally crash, it's like, all right, cool. Like what can I do the, for myself? Like it's Dylan time. I want to just relax and like zone the <laughs> fuck out and not have employees <laughs> coming to me being like, what's wrong with this? And it's like, you know, kids being like, feed me, you dick. Like (laughs) I want something to do on my own. And usually for me, my favorite thing is like movies and stuff. So I usually try to like watch a movie or watch a show or something I'm doing. Um, So I usually don't end up going to bed. I'm watching, I just started season one of West Wing. (laughs) So I got a lot of episodes to go, but I've watched pretty much every major series I feel like on Netflix and I don't know. I just started West Wing. So, which is funny oh, my, because like I'm, I'm not a political person at all, but I, I just like watched one or two episodes and got sucked in.
0: Am I allowed to do some of the interviewing? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. It. yeah. Is it, so, Dylan, what's the deal with the Sasquatch?
2: Well, like, are I'm, you guys
0: like, like, deep I'm basically, into
2: yeah, I'm basically Sasquatch with no clothes on. <laughs> so, no, I don't know. Like, I, I've always been into stuff like, like aliens and Sasquatch and just stuff like that has always piqued my interest. And since I'm the owner and when I go to like cool designers, usually I, my first idea that comes to mind is like, make me someone with a Sasquatch or an alien or something. You think um, they're real? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. He,
1: he lives <laughs> out. He lives out in the um,
2: well, you you you're in upstate New York. You know what it's like up here. Well, what's the? Give me the like. What are they? What do you mean? They're like. Are they literally just like animals that nobody ever sees? Dude, there's so much like lore stuff. It's funny, we kind of go die like deep on the, like the the Sasquatch movies. There are a lot, like a ton of like fan made or just like super B movie Sasquatch movies. So if you watch all these movies, everybody has a different take on like, and even like documentaries and stuff. Cause there's like a million of those too. If you look on Amazon, there's a lot of Sasquatch documentaries. A lot of them are like dudes that really, really believe in it Are like, no, it's like, they're like, uh, they're like protectors of like, you know, like different dimensions and like doors to other dimensions and like all this other stuff. And it's crazy. But my thing is, it's like, I don't even think about it like that. I think about it like, uh, the example I heard once from somebody that was like, so like struck home with me was kind of like, how often do you see, like, um, I'm trying to think of something that's like near us that we would know like a porcupine. Like how many times have you seen a porcupine in your life? Like in, in the wild. You know what I mean? Like really how many times have you seen a porcupine? Me never. Yeah, exactly. But they're I mean, there. at the zoo. Right. But you know, they're there, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they're, they live here. But the thing is for them, there might be like in our area, there might be like, I don't know how many, like a couple hundred or something. Like nine foot porcupines running around. No, I'm just saying like <laughs> there's, there's an animal like a porcupine that probably is well populated and you living in that area have never seen one. Yeah. And I, I think I've seen one in my entire life. Think if there was a creature in like super massive natural forests that they're like, you know, million acres or something. And there's like four of them. Like how often would you see one? How often do they procreate? Right. And how, how often do you see one? But if you did see one in the woods, are you going to be like ultra casual and be like, Oh yeah, let me pull my phone out. You'd be like fucking terrified. You'd be like, yeah, there's no way. So that was my understanding of like, it seems like it could be a realistic thing.
1: So you're saying so, that you're not 100% believer, but you're not 100% non believer. You're saying it could be.
2: I'm 99. I'm going to say I'm 99 because I'm so deep.
1: 99 believer.
2: Yeah. But there's always that, you know, you never know. But. I mean, it's just so, cool. It's just cool. Like I want it to be real. Like even if it wasn't real, I fucking want it to be real. Cause it'd be awesome. There's just this huge dude in the forest. It's just like, <laughs> don't fuck with me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's I my take on this.
0: I take the same take on aliens and Sasquatch that if they are real, I think they're definitely interdimensional beings. Yeah. They don't live in the forest. They come in and out. Hell yeah. See,
2: um, else, yeah, no doubt.
0: You. Yeah. I got one of my, one of my best buddies does a lot of listening to that kind of stuff. And he, uh, there's a guy named David politis. I think you heard of him.
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm, her- I'm terrible with names and he does like,
0: it. he does these documentaries about national forests and how people have just like disappear from them and all this like crazy stuff.
2: I and, just watched a documentary on that specific thing Yeah, on Amazon. Yeah. So there's, uh, it's there's it's, it's called like stuff. the four one nine or something. I think it's called. Okay. Where it's, it's like that, or it's like hunters that have hunted in the same area their entire life all of a sudden just go missing and there's like no trace of them or like any of their stuff, you know, like they would normally like drop something or do this and it's like, they're just gone. Like there's really, there's about some really interesting things
0: I think about um, in like the farmland in Pennsylvania somewhere where like they found like mutilated, cows and stuff like that yeah. that just
2: would not have happened anywhere outside of something you know right like that again us for the shop it's like we all just love the fun of it and we love yeah. the movies and we love just like getting into that kind of thing and near us like even i don't know how far it is from you but adirondack wise yeah um there's whitehall new york which is like yeah. a huge hot spot for like sasquatch stuff well last year I think it was last year. It was either last year or the year before we went to Whitehall Cause they have like a Sasquatch festival. And we were like, Oh, let's go. This'll be fun or whatever. So we drove there, went there. And we were thinking it was going to be kind of hokey. You know what I mean? People like us that were like, we love it. But like, it's, we're like, all right. <laughs> Everybody there was fucking dead serious. Like they're here. They've come up when I'm like washing dishes, I'll see them like walk through my yard or like, you know all these things like one brought their kid to our house and like we traded onions there's I don't know fucking they they're like all over it um and this the movie we watched this past thursday on our steak night was a movie about sasquatches in whitehall so it was funny just like doing that whole thing and then watching a movie that somebody made um about it but yeah it's it's crazy stuff yeah we got
0: I, we, I know a guy that worked for the government, um, doing government things. And he literally like has a group of guys that they go on like being hunts, whether it's Sasquatch or like yeah. Funky.
2: It's, you can pay, it's crazy. You can pay to be part of those groups and like go yeah. do that. I think it'd be fun someday until you really find one and then it murders your whole crew. <laughs> you crap your pants and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you always think you want to see it until you see it and it's not your friend. So do you have, do you have any other questions for us? I like being interviewed. Like we are always interviewing everybody else. It can um, be print related.
0: I mean, what, so from me, like you guys, you guys, both your shops are rocking and rolling you've got multiple autos you're cranking along. Um, I am my, I think one of my big things that has stopped me from growing is just the, maybe the fear of bringing in the wrong people and having to manage the wrong people. And I've I've had some, you know, some employees that didn't work out very well. Um, what's the, what's the best way that you guys have found to, um, search out and find potentially the, the next right guy. Um, I've got, you know, basically a production manager, um, guy in house. That's awesome. You know, really has changed the way the shop is, is, has runs because it's not me constantly in there um, doing everything all the time, telling people what to do, but he, he literally can function the shop. So yeah, um, I feel
2: like that's, I feel like that's the Holy grail of all print questions. Um, but I'll let, I'll let Andy take this one because he has twice as many people as I do. Hmm.
0: And it doesn't um, have to be any, it doesn't have to be anything amazing. Just like, you know, what are the, maybe what are some of the steps that you took? what are,
1: um as far as how we found how we added people where we found yeah. them yeah um i think it's uh it's changed over the years initially um actually i found a few on craigslist i know that's a weird spot uh to but um people they were looking for love and found a shirt company <laughs> that's right but he now bought that, uh, He bought
2: them from a shipping container
1: i think that used to be a thing uh we once i i every once in a while I try Facebook ad you can do that and post a job and you can say people who who like us and also their and people and their friends you know what I mean and so maybe maybe you have somebody in common in that network but um, lately the past two hires um, one came off of a referral from somebody already that worked here and I like that a lot because you know, that person who vouches essentially is vouching for that person and saying, yeah, they can come work here. You know, they know them a little bit anyway, maybe they never worked with them. And that, that could be a different, uh, that could not work out, I suppose, but they know this person and, and they say, yeah, they, they're cool to work here. And so, um, that's worked out. Um, and usually those, the people who are, are coming don't have a lot of, don't have any experience actually, uh, in screen printing. Um, And I, and I'm hiring not for your experience in screen printing or experience as a graphic artist or anything like that. I'm hiring for who you are, like who you are to to talk to the, I meet with somebody three times. And so, and, and you try and take your best guess after that third time. And so I'm trying to hire just some, a positivity, you know, are you a positive person? Are you communicating while you're here? And, and I asked them after their, after their trial day, which is their second time I've met them. I say, okay, cool. what do you think of it? And I listen really close to what they have to say. And then I give them my card and I say, well, email me, you know, later tonight while it's fresh on your mind, like what your, uh, if you want to work here, you know, what your thoughts are. And so, Oh my God, I got the greatest, like two times ago, I got six paragraphs from somebody of what they thought about, you know, the shop when they were here that day. And so, um, that was really, that worked out really well. Um, as far as growing though, Um, From your, from your space that you have right now, you said you have, there's you and then three others. Yeah. Sometimes your, your wife, right? So, yep. I mean, that sounds, that sounds perfect for production right now. Anyway, I mean, you have one auto and a manual, Mm -hmm. you've got one person on a manual and a three person team on the, on the auto, or sometimes maybe just two. You know, especially on that Cobra. Do you so? What do you do for um, for? Do you have a C, an eye image or what do you do for for? Do you use film? How do you make? Screens? No, we
0: we use film, and then we we actually took our trialock system. I don't know if you've seen the guys that have like basically made their trialock system into where you put you don't use the carrier sheets and you drop the film right onto the screen. Um, uh-uh. So we actually took so we took the the is it called the master frame right? Yeah. Um, we took the master frame. You flip it over. And you build it onto a light table basically. So we're we're locking our screen onto the master frame flipped over. And then we're we have a a grid underneath, you know, and, and on a light table that we're putting the we're putting our films directly onto the screen, taping on the screen and then taking it over to the exposure unit. Um so we're not we we're carrier sheet less. Got it.
2: So that's and you're That's, having, you're having decent res- registration with that.
0: We're actually, we were, we were getting really good with the diamond back where the, where we had to play with the, um, the head clamps or the, the screen clamps to, uh, we learned little nuances of what didn't move the screen around. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we were, we're still messing a little bit with our off contact and really trying to dial it in after install but um, you know, we're, we're getting great success in terms of um, I think we're, I think we're spot on on the screens. It's just, does the, how do we hold the, how to hold the frame while we're locking? How do we, you know, where exactly are we positioning it in the screen frame? Um, I think, I think more of our issue has been just in the lockdown more so than on the screen. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was going to say the reason why I asked that is because having a, a CTS or a tri-sync system or a tri-lock system, and yep. and now your press, now your ten color, is like having two autos because um, you went from uh, this. I had the same conversation. This is part of the same conversation I had with my kid this morning, is that they're going from the six color with without any tri-lock system to a press to a 10 color or possibly even a 12 color with an eye image. And I said, that's, that's super important because you're, you're essentially going from one press to two presses because you're going to double your production. You know, people don't realize that, yep. like how much time they're going to save literally. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty rare. I would say 90% of the time stuff, trust, try for us. I ran, I ran the Cobra on three days uh, last week, three of the days, every job I set up, I didn't touch. Like I did not touch the micros. You know, and so and people I don't know. I don't think they believe that, you know, for whatever reason and they don't invest yeah. in it, And they or don't because it's don't. expensive, you know, it's expensive to buy this stuff. Yeah. They don't realize that Well, it's expensive not to have it, you know, it's expensive to to spend an hour registering a four or five six color job. I'm coming up with a video that I did for M&R that I well, I don't know if I want to give this away, but I did. <laughs> I, uh, my, my, my challenge is, is I have, I have six screens and a hundred shirts and how long does that take? And, um and, uh, and when I ask people that and I say, well, how long does it, you think it's going to take you to print a hundred shirts, to set up six screens, put squeeze and plug bars in, put the ink in, register it and then print a hundred shirts. How long is that going to take you? And I, and I usually get around the same amount of time for the answer. And I, I just smile because it's, well, the video that's coming out just blows that away. And, um, and so my intention was, was to make that video was to show how, how, um, easy the Cobra is to work with. And, um, and then, and then add in this fact, like when I set up jobs on the Cobra, since it's a 12 color, I'll set up two jobs at the same time. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to put my trial palette on, I'm going to set up this two color and I'm going to set up this three color the same at the same time, or maybe the front and the back, you know, gets set up at the same time. And what's great about the Cobra is, or also Dylan's gauntlet is that it's not going to come up and touch. It yep. just, you know, since it's a flat indexer, it just stays down. Never, you know, you don't fuck up your, or like if you have hoodies on there, you're not touching the screen. You don't have to tape That's been off. huge for us. Yeah. Like normally on our sports fans, we have to go get under there and tape off the back of a screen. If we leave a screen up or whatever, well, you don't have to do that on the, on the Cobra. So you're, how fast is it that you can set up the fronts and the backs of a shirt the same time registered and just go. Sometimes you have to trade the squeegees. Sometimes I just set up squeegee flow bars anyway, you know, for, for both the front and the back. But anyway, my answer to that is, which is a long winded answer was that you just got yourself into a spot. You basically have two presses, you know, yeah. you basically have two autos because you have this tri-lock system. You have a 10 color now, that you're going you know, to have, go, you'll be able to go around once more often instead of sometimes going into revolver mode, you know, previously. So
0: yeah, the only time we've actually revolved since having the press was when we had like a, a white print 36 shirts and we we're like, let's not make two screens. Let's just revolve it. Right. Um, and that's, that's, that's funny
2: too, because we had basically like two sportsmen's before we got the, the gauntlet and we were used to with any job, using revolver mode. Like we were very used to using it. And when we got the gauntlet, we kept asking, like when they were here setting it up and training, we were like, show us how to use revolver. And he was like, why the hell would you want to use a revolver? And we're like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to have to, he's like, you're not, he's like, rarely are you going to have to use revolver. And it was funny. Cause like, we were just like, wow, he's kind of like, you know, being a dick about this, but you know, like we appreciate it. Cause like, if we don't have to use revolver, we never use revolver and then we ended up having like an issue with the press, um, like technology wise, uh, something with the program or whatever, cause it was a brand new press uh, with revolver mode. So like we ended up having to use it once and something wasn't right called tech service. And like the tech we got on the phone, we're like, yeah, we're trying to do this thing revolver. And very first thing he like stops me. He's like, what the hell are you using a revolver for? And I'm just like, What is against, why is everybody against using revolver on this press? But then once we got using it, it's like, again, it's like rare that we have to double spin anything. Like I said, we're doing 10, 12 color prints, one spin. And that's like from going from like an eight color sportsman to where it was like, you know, just to have clean prints or multiple flash, like whatever. We only had one flash on the press. And it's like, you'd have to do like three, four spins or something. And then on this press now it's like one spin, 12 color. It's just like, holy shit. Like, the time we're saving on that is crazy. And back to Andy's point about the the CTS stuff is like, I'm not at all a shop that's like counting time where I'm like, you know, seconds matter and all this other stuff. Like I know there's a lot of shops that are like, everything has gotta be perfect like time-wise so we can get X amount of jobs on a day. But once we got the CTS in there, like he said, like no job, no matter how many colors it is, is set up in like minutes. Yeah. Versus like back when we were doing film, it's like, you know, oh, this one job we were trying to line up the registration marks. It took him like an hour and a half to get that job fully registered. And it's like, that doesn't exist anymore. And we've had this conversation before me and Andy, but like we, we made the decision uh, after we got the gauntlet actually to stop putting registration marks on any of our screens just because it was wasting time and wasting tape.
1: We don't have any reg marks. We don't
2: fucking register anything anymore because usually if something's out at all, it's like one color and it's obvious. It's like, Oh, that the yellow's out like an eighth of an inch or something like put it back in. And then we
0: tape over our reg marks on the top. We never use them other than to
2: get the film in the right place on the screen. Right. But like we were having the conversation (laughs) earlier about discharge, it's like if we don't have registration marks at all, that's one less thing we have to worry about to charge seeping under or doing. So now it's like just the print is what's in the screen.
1: And if something's out, it's not the TriLock's fault.
2: Right. It's, it's usually like a shitty screen or poor tension, error, or something. Yeah.
0: And for us, it's been you know we do have the way that our it's set up when you put the when you put the screen in the jig. You definitely have to make sure you pull it off to the side. You know, sometimes it'll, the the bottom stop, it'll be a little bit of space. So you got to make sure you grab that. So that sometimes is our issue. If we have an yeah. issue, it's just the biggest thing we had, is not locking it in, right?
2: Yeah. Cause we were using the trial lock when we had film too. And the biggest problem we had is like Brian's super meticulous, who would like do the carrier sheets. But it's like you're using film and it's like sometimes the film's slightly warped or you would have an issue with him like taping or you know, having a bad day and not like perfectly lining it up and like all this other stuff. So like, I feel like more often than not, it would be like every job or every other job, we'd have to do some fixing, you know, we'd have to do micros here, micros there. Yeah. It's way better. It's still faster. But then, like I said, once you get CTS and it's like, everything's perfectly lined up because it's, nobody's touching it. It's like night and day. It's like, like he'll come, Randy will come in here and be like, I had to tweak this one it's like, what, what do you mean? Like I used to be every day and now it's like, Oh, I had to mess with this one. Your screen was shitty or something. It's like, dude, so calm
1: down. So, so because you have this trialock lock already in your system that works really well, will you ever go to, to an eye image or.
0: No, I think or, I would, I definitely would when it's time. Um, our space is very limited. So we, the, our dark room is literally a closet that I walk from my office into the exposure room through. Um, so we don't really have a whole lot of space for one right now. And we're now getting to the place. If we continue rolling as we are that, um, you know, you get into the place there, it makes sense. Like Chris has always told me, like, unless you're doing 20 to 30 screens a day, it doesn't even make sense to have one. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, as you get into higher color content, um, color counts, like we spent, we spend most of our time running one to three color jobs. Right. Um,
2: but so it might not make sense for you yet. Yeah.
0: Well, it, not, probably not yet, but the thing is, is just like you said, it was very hard to find anything about us, um, online when COVID hit, we told, we just looked at it and said, you know, as we've been, basically I've been Eric, the screen printer and everybody know, Hey, there's this guy, Eric, they like go to Eric for shirts. Sure. We're, uh, we're not on a main road. We're off in a, like an industrial down, an industrial road. Um, we don't have a retail retail storefront that people can walk in. Um, So if you don't know us, you don't know us. Mm. And when COVID hit,
2: we realized like, Holy crap, like you don't know us, like we don't exist. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, that um, was a question I had for you was like, why? And this is a a weird, tough one for me, just because it's how I've always done business is social media. Cause like when I very first started my first company, it was when my space first started. So that was the, the only thing I knew is like, get online, hit up forums or, you know, message boards or whatever for shows and my space. That was like how I got business. So like, how have you, you've just done local word of mouth until now?
0: Yep. That's all basically all it's been. Um, you know, and, and for me, it's always been, like I said, the work-life balance that, um, yeah, I I would love to be cranking and, you know, rolling in it and, you know, moving into a new house and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, when I started the business, i talked to a a bunch of people and, you know, their deal was always like, oh, oh man, like I, I was successful and I made it. And you know, I, my kids loved it. I had, I had plenty of time with them. And then you go talk to their kids and their kids be like, yeah, my dad was never around. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I always wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to push the business to the place that I was never going to be around. Yeah. And for me, again, it was, it was getting the right people to help. So, um, I'm a, I'm a doer. So if it needs to get done and someone's not doing it, I'm just going to jump in and do it. Um, and I, I think I do that to a detriment sometimes. So it's really, you know, learning that I I need to allow other people to do um, and getting yeah, my, my staff is amazing right now. So, um, you know, getting people in key places, taking care of them so that they can also, you know, use it. I want people to come here, work and make work, make their life work, not work so that they can, you know, they're they should be working so that they can go out and live life, not living life. So they can come to work. I feel like Andy has that philosophy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Maybe not always, you know, it's, it's, when I started this though, you have to remember, like I was, I didn't have those obligations, you know? And so I started, it was a little bit different. You know, if I started this and I had young kids and then I would probably be the same, probably the same boat. But I don't know that your that size and that you're at right now and that culture and how tight you guys sound like you are, yeah. you know, that's a good spot. And then you add where it's, I've never probably to my fault, never added unless I really, really, really need it, you know?
2: Yeah. So, and I'm the same way. I feel like, and, I feel like you shouldn't add unless you really need it. I feel like if you add and add and add, you're just more stress and more headaches and more everything else. Like I feel like, and I've talked about this a few times too, like I'm, I'm where I want to be right now. Like I've hit my, this is what I want to do. The only thing I'm going to do differently now is just like try to make the most efficient out of everything I have, like maybe a little bit more shop space, figure things out to where everything flows really, really nicely. And then I'm done. Like I'm going to keep doing this until I can't do it anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah but like you when said, when you like, say
0: flow, I think flow has been huge for us. And our, you previously, before we opened up the space behind me, like our, like everything was crossing back and forth all over the place. Yeah, and sucks. now, you know, we are shirts in, don't touch anything close to the press until they go back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a really nice flow now for screens. They, they do. Screens have a loop and
2: shirts have a loop and they only touch on the press. I feel like we were really comfortable with our flow when we had the two eight colors, and then as soon as we got the gauntlet, which we really wanted because we have a lot of customers that want like high color count and all this other stuff, it just took up so much space. Like it fits, but it, it got rid of that like safe space you had where you could be like, oh, I can put a couple pallets here or I can yeah. roll this through here. And now it's like, I don't have that.
0: Well, you also have a, like in looking at your Instagram, you also have like a dryer that cuts your shop straight in half, right? Oh, like, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't move. And stuff realistically, around
2: and- Yeah. Like our building is super long. Like it's really, really long, but it's really narrow. Like we're only dealing with 40 feet wide. Like our yep. entire building is 40 feet wide and the dryer is like, whatever, like 35 feet wide. <laughs> so it's like, I literally have enough room on the, on the infeed to just a human being to walk by it. Yep. Like you can't put a cart through there. You can just like walk through there. And then on the other side, the unload, I would love to have another four feet just for like shirts to cool down before they yep. fall in a bucket or whatever. I don't have that. I literally have the hood and it stops. Like that's the end of it. And then I have like a flat table for people to lay shirts out and the, like the catcher bins under the dryer and that's it. So yeah, yeah, we had cuts the shop in half, like you said
0: we had two feet at the end of our dryer for someone just to stand and unload shirts like yeah.
2: previously. Yeah. So the, our space like I have to move, I have to move the table out of the way and move the carts out of the way. If I have to bring a pallet to the Alder press.
0: Yeah. The guys that move stuff, it sucks. The guys that bought my old press, um, they're actually building a new building and I was talking through things with them and they said, Hey, can you look at my shop layout? Because they actually have never screen printed. They got DTG system um and that's all they've done so they're they're, they're in for a world of hurt then they're going straight into auto so they were trying (laughs) to figure out their shop as to like they said they had these like four foot wide by like eight foot long tables that they used for everything and they rolled around the shop and they were literally trying to figure out their shop by what where the tables could move and i just at one point i just looked at him i go Hey guys, did you think of maybe not using those tables and and like just getting some carts and then you can do anything you want at your shop? And they're like, wow, that's actually a good idea. So like, what's, what are the things in our mind? And that's, that's the same thing for me with hiring or for anything else. What are the things that we're limiting ourselves with that we don't even realize we're limiting ourselves because we're just put ourselves in a box somewhere.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's, what's funny about like, like this podcast that we get people all the time that message us and are like, thanks so much for just doing like real talk and all this other stuff. It's the same thing, like same mentality that I have where I'm like, anytime I travel anywhere or do anything, first thing I do is I look up the local shops. I'm like, who's around that I can go like say hey to or stop into. And it's like, it's like you said, like if I came to your shop tomorrow and I just started walking through, I'd be like, Hey, that's cool that you got this here, but like, what have you thought about like laying it out this way? And it's just like having a fresh set of eyes of somebody who knows the situation you're in yep. to be like, why aren't you doing it this way? And you're just like, Oh, I hadn't, I never even thought of that.
1: You know, who texted me uh, on Friday was Tyler TC screen printing. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hey, have you ever thought about having, Somebody come in your sh- another screen printer come in your shop for uh, two days. First day they just sit there, like observation, you know, just to, to evaluate you, you know. And so at the end of it, they say, "Okay, look, you know, just like you said, you know, how you do this right here. Like, why do you do it that way? You know, here's another way to do it. And then you kind of trade. Like he does that, like no charge. You know what I mean? He just comes in, and does that, and then I go to his shop and try to provide value. You know, I think that's awesome.
0: I think what I think one thing that I found in this industry like even when I went to buy my first auto like everyone was real hush-hush about how you do things and you know how much stuff cost and what this was and what that was and um I feel like the industry with stuff like you guys are doing is opening up where um it's not just the guys on YouTube that are you know like you know even like your Ionets who when I started you know Ryan was putting he was the only one putting videos out but you know a bunch of his stuff was he was a new printer too. So like I watched some of his stuff and I was like, I would never do it that way, but he's telling everybody else to do it that way. (laughs) Um, but like there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but as we, as we learn and grow and have more outlets like this where guys are talking and you know, it's, that's, that's where the industry can grow. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just super open, super honest. There's no reason to to hide stuff. So, yeah. um, that's one of the things that we intended to do with, with our Instagram feed when we started it up was, you know, stuff like the double battle squeegees, like nobody knows about that stuff, like very rarely, but that made, that made a huge difference in our shop. So at mm-hmm. some point our, our desire is to start putting out some videos on there. So, you know, people can just see what we do and they can take it or they can leave it. Um, whatever, whatever they want to do, but at least that information's out there. Cause you know, when I said double bevel squeegee, I mean, Andy, you were like, what is that? Like, what do you, what do you mean? (laughs) You know? Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, just that sharing of information because the only way you would, you would get somebody that come into your shop and, and tell you what you're doing is to hire some consultant that, you know, costs 1500, $2,500 to fly into your shop and sit there for two days and tell you how to do things um and now like you know you can do stuff like this and and really work through things
2: yeah it's like i like having you on here like i just wanted to know exactly where in buffalo you were so next time i'm through there <laughs> i can burn your shop to the ground
0: And then <laughs> we, just insurance money i'll get away. a
2: new shop and <laughs> right so exactly and then it's just it's a, it's a cycle yeah, But no, I've, I've always had like, people always ask like, you know, Oh, certain people I have, I'm friends with are like, Oh, like, why do you tell so many people like this? It's just going to be more competition. And it's like, dude, really, if you think about it, like how many of these people that you tell all the, like out of the population of screen printers or like, if you give out certain information, it's like really the only ones that are going to take anything and do anything with it are like the doers, like yeah. the dudes who just are like passionate about it and want to do it anyway. It's not like we're giving away Secrets to everything. It's like anything we talk about is on the internet. It's exactly You do is pay attention
1: I think a good analogy is it's like a chef you can he can give you his his recipe how to make how to make chili But you're gonna take that recipe and make it your own way You know just because you have a recipe doesn't mean that you're gonna do it exactly like it or follow the the instructions You might just I want I like carrots in my chili So it's you know, you kind of make it your own way um, but there's just I so, just, there's just
2: so many variables to everything that it's like, no matter how much information you took from anybody, it's not going to end up exactly the same way, or you're not going to instantly have as much success with your marketing and your sales as an, as the next guy. Cause 99% of that is relationships. It's like yeah. who, you know, and who you talk
1: to hundred percent. Like most of the, our business is not because we're a great screen printer. That really doesn't even matter. That's debatable. that is debatable, but, uh, especially after listening to you and all the, my, my stuff's out of registration. I've never tried discharge. What's wrong with me, but it's because we, um, it's our customer service really. And that's, that's actually harder than screen printing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I've spent, I've spent, I've spent a lot of years trying to develop relationships and,
2: well the thing is is you could be you could be the fucking best screen printer. Like you could that be like be a super sciencey whiz screen printer and not be good with people and have no sales coming in the door. So and that's exactly
0: like, that's exactly how I my business has been able to survive for 20 years and not be on the internet and not it's just the relationships that I've built with my customers are strong, mm-hmm. strong relationships. And the the relationships that don't work out, like I you know, you don't, you don't let customers walk all over you. You, you let them know the truth. You tell them where you're at. And if they don't want to come to you anymore, they can find the guy down the street. That's, that's going to be even harder to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the same thing with when you're talking about like giving out information, like customers, everybody's not going to do, like you said, the relationship thing, everyone's not going to print really well. Everyone's, but if you can bring those things together, I can tell, you know, all of my customers that you can go try the guy down the street. And two weeks later, they're going to be
2: back. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like, honestly, my favorite thing to do. Like (laughs) when somebody comes to you and you can tell in their tone that they're just shopping around Mm -hmm. when they give you their demands and then you're just (laughs) like, you like, honestly, are straight up like, nah, they're like, well, I'll go to so-and-so down the road. My favorite thing is to say, then go. Like I like gives me chills to be like, (laughs) fuck you, just go. And then like you said, like a month later, they'll hit you up again and be like, Oh, how much was it? Oh, okay. Do you take cards? Right. And then (laughs) like, it never even happened. Like (laughs) they're like, you know, tail between their legs. Like I'll take yours now. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, my so, big, my big thing is treat people right. Like we treat our customers right. I try to treat my employees right. Like it's building those relationships that like I always say about my employees is building relationships where I don't tell my employees what to do. Like if, if my, if I needed my employees to run through a wall, I want me, I don't want to say, Hey, go th- run through that wall for me. I want them. I want me to sit like me to say, Hey, I need someone to run through the wall. And like four of them. Well, I only have three, but four <laughs> so of, of you know, so, they, whoa, they, whoa, they raise whoa. their hand.
2: I'm like me first, you know? So you're, so you're a cult leader. <laughs> Well, <laughs> in in you want the them best. to think it's you want them to think it's their idea to run. <laughs> <their own. laughs>
1: I get it. So, it Dylan, sense. we have an Inksoft question, and yeah. it's yours. You you thought of this one? It's a real good one. So, what you got? What's your favorite pie? Chocolate peanut butter. Oh, chocolate a good peanut butter? that's good.
2: Not bad. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's a pie. I didn't even know chocolate peanut butter pie.
2: I mean they can is do that it also. Is of that a buffalo ways.
1: thing too? Mm-hmm. No. no.
2: That's just a good human thing.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you expecting like a chocolate peanut vegetable? A, Chicken Well, we were hoping we were hoping it wasn't pumpkin, because pumpkin's gross.
1: <laughs> False, <laughs> not true. Pumpkin's good. <laughs>
2: my favorite, <laughs> my favorite is apple, just straight up American apple pie. That's my favorite. Dylan,
0: you guys, you guys have Wegmans down there. They got an amazing like I'm going to Wegman's when this is over. Get the—they actually have individual chocolate peanut butter pies.
1: That is amazing. What do you mean chocolate peanut? So what is it? Just like pudding?
0: Or it's like a mousse and a peanut buttery goodness, and then a (laughs) lot of a lot of white creamy stuff on top. (laughs) Stop the stop (laughs) it. My Um, wife told me no matter what I do, just don't don't go. You know, don't go to the wrong place.
2: Yeah, we Don't we yourself. try. We're trying to keep ourselves together a little bit. Um, what uh, What are some of your favorite like podcasts and books and stuff to get you inspired? Honestly, I am the worst at all that stuff. Like i i
0: uh, when i when I was basically here by myself, I podcasted all the time. Just listen to sports stuff. Listen to um. I'm, we're very like we're very incorporated into the faith-based community in in our area. So, um, we we'll listen to a lot of stuff um, like that, but, um, right now I'm just, it's like, be at the shop, run the shop, get home, try not to get enveloped into Instagram or something like that. So I spend time with my kids and when they go to, when they go to bed, hopefully I get some time with my wife and back in the morning. So, um, sounds I'm like a good life. Probably pretty boring in that way, but like. Just devouring peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter pies. I mean, I, big thing for me is trying to get, I mean, I was, I was a competitive athlete back in the day and I'm just, I let myself go a little bit. So. Are you back running? What's that? Are you back running? I I actually do a lot of biking now. So, um, mostly in my house on our Nordic track bike. So I bike all over the world. Are you one of those dudes Um, that has the bike with the, like the TV
2: screen? Yeah. It's awesome.
0: I got, but I like, I, I biked in
2: Japan on Mount Fuji today. (laughs) I saw, I saw recently, I don't remember what it was probably like a YouTube ad for, I think it was Nordic track where they have the new one where the bike tilts. Yeah. It's awesome. That's what we have. That's what you have. Yeah. So as you're going, like you start going up a a mountain and it just, it goes up and it changes the resistance and it's like you're on a bike. I'd love to like walk into your house and just see you full bore like (laughs) sideways, like pedaling really hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, no problem. Anytime I'll have to. When, I'll have to swing by next time I'm in Buffalo. I mean, you're really not that far away, like three yeah. hours. And I always, I always say anybody's welcome in my shop. So. Yeah. Same. Um, too, same for you. If you come through this way, stop by and say hey. Yeah.
1: If yeah, you're ever in St. Awesome. St. Louis. Stop yeah. Nobody by. wants to go
0: there. <laughs> I used to do it. Used to. Yeah. I used to be there all the time, but back just my grandparents lived in Kansas, so we come through say St. Louis. Okay. Multiple times a year, going to see them. So. Just never get off the
2: highway. Just keep going.
1: Floor it through here. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on the Cobra.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And what number um, do you thanks. have? We got number six. Mm-hmm. So what we actually were we got, a... he was number two or something. I thought Who it was number thinking... three. That
1: must've been talk. Shirt.
2: No.
0: Talk, oh, yeah, talk was, was, was number three and uh, we had ours installed before theirs, but I think we had the option to get one that was already built on the, on MNR's floor and it just, we needed the smaller size. So, okay. We had to, we had to wait on that. Mm.
1: Welcome to the club.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You know, love, love communicating, meeting people, having fun and, you know, building knowledge. So it's great. Supposed
1: to be getting those red triangles too. Jimmy said he called you.
0: I talked to him on Friday. So it was, we had a, we had a good conversation. We actually don't have all the, all the holes at every head. Hmm. um, to put them on. So that I'm sure they'll figure something out, but if that, not, we'll that re- develop something.
2: That was, reminds me, Andy, cause when I was at your place, I was looking at your press. I know yours is like the beta one. So it might not have all the things, but, uh, when I went and saw Ron, there was things on his that you don't have that I was like, Oh, I wonder if like I can see on yours, you have the like coated, uh, straps on top of the press. Like it's got like the yeah, they're pretty awesome. on it. Yeah. You don't have that. Do you Andy?
1: I do not. Yeah. 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 So it's like a plastic, that. it's like a and plastic um, over them.
2: So they
0: can't get any ink on it. You, know, you right. just wipe it off. And, and
2: I've and, been, I've been bugging MNR for probably like six years about that. Like anytime I talk to anybody, I'm like, dude, why do you guys not have this? Like anytime we like, it's not on purpose, but like you have a cup of ink and you accidentally like mm-hmm. hit yep. it. Like you're never getting it's like a mash off. or whatever. That's really right. Like, you were never getting ink out of it. And I noticed they did that. And the other thing I noticed that, uh, that ron had was the the dot and the dash on the when you put the squeegees and flood bars in i've got that where yeah. it perfectly lines it in the middle that's like, crazy
1: great right have you taken awesome. advantage of that yeah so there's a dot on the the bar of the flood and the squeegee and there's a and then there's a line and like a uh, they routed it
2: yeah so you can just flood. perfectly set it up every time yeah you never have to, to look at mm-hmm. it yeah and
0: we got so we we didn't have the uh we didn't have the no the no shirt detector, so that's been awesome to have that on. And we got a quick clamp along with it, so um, mm. you know. Oh yeah, yeah. The, that we'll be we'll be excited to not have to clean all the all the knobs and stuff on the squeegee fo- squeegees.
1: Well, Jimmy, yeah. uh, he developed that press, and he's a good contact to have. And he said he's going to get you those reg triangles, and he. I, I said, if he called you, he'd, he, that it'd be real special. Cause he was the, you know, he scored, he's in hockey. He went to Vegas and he was the leading scorer on their team. And so he's like a, he's basically pro. He's basically a pro hockey player. Also, so I was, I, I basically <laughs> are, is,
0: <laughs> I talked to a, I talked to a professional athlete as what yeah, you, really, you Yeah, you did, you did.
1: So he's going to hook you up.
2: <laughs> That's cool. Thank right, you man. for that. Have, have a good Sunday. Yeah. Good talking to you guys. See you, man. Yep. All right. See ya.
1: Bye-bye.